I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? Very humid. Yeah? Um, yeah. Judging by like our conversation pre-show, I think busy in the busy zombie lord title is uh, very fit uh, this time around. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I apologize to our listeners for be the... the the much long delay on this episode um i had family in town uh i've had daycare problems uh and this past weekend i had a wedding i had to go to life's been a little crazy yeah yeah it has been uh it has been very busy but we have returned we're ready to talk about uh zombies and uh in the immortal words of ezekiel so let's go you want to go we do want to go. Let's go to the news. Let's talk about the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. So, Lou, this first story comes, uh, actually was submitted to us through our Discord. Uh, oftentimes, our lovely Discord will post news stories. And I will go in there and I'll be like, oh, I didn't see that. And I'll grab it and I'll put it into our show notes. Uh, this one is specifically about the Daryl Dixon spinoff. And that, um, Lou, it turns out Melissa McBride is actually going to be on the spinoff after all. I mean, I'm I'm excited to hear this, but... Uh... You know, it's funny how this article words it because they make it sound like uh, she needed a break. When I remember the original controversy about this was they had not told her that this was going to be filmed in Europe. And so apparently they surprised her with that, that this was going to be filmed in Europe. And that was when she backed out. Um, And that's changed. My guess is money was somehow involved. Yeah, probably. I mean, here's the thing, like, uh, it's, it's one of those things where Walking Dead has been, they've gotten a lot of bad press, AMC specifically as well, a lot of bad press for how they, uh, pay their actors, um, especially longtime, uh, cast members of the show. Cause obviously the longer they're around, the, the higher chance it is for them to uh, negotiate a higher pay. And, um, if I was surprised from my job, be like, hey, we got this great opportunity, but you have to uproot your life for X amount of months and live in Europe and shoot uh, in Europe. I mean, like, that's not for everybody. So the original reasoning when it came down, like that made perfect sense to me. I thought like, OK, well, maybe uh, like, first of all, it we don't we haven't seen the show. We haven't seen any sort of trailer that gives us a synopsis, but like the plot being Daryl Dixon mysteriously uh, arrives in Paris, France is kind of like, Oh, you got to give me more than that. And if that's what they yeah. gave Melissa McBride, it's like, 
I'd probably say no thank you as well. Like, what what are we doing here? Why are we... I mean, I know I am vocal on the show of saying, like, let's get out of, you know, the United States of America. Let's explore some different locales. And certainly Europe is is very far away. Um, so I'm excited in that regard. But, like, the plot just sounds like someone kidnapped Daryl Dixon and brought him over to Europe like abducted him you know like that's yeah I don't know we'll see I'm excited to see what they're doing here but I am also very excited that uh, Melissa McBride has signed on because I think her character and her relationship with Daryl is really interesting and it was left I think you know at the end of The Walking Dead it was left uh, at a at a state where you could kind of be Okay, these these two are very good friends, and they are going to work together to make uh, the Commonwealth uh, a successful place. Daryl is obviously going out, and he's a sort of a roamer, but uh, he knows he has a home uh, with his friends. And I just I felt like if you were going to do a spinoff with Daryl Dixon, you needed other characters to sort of like bring him back to the world of The Walking Dead. And I think that's where Melissa McBride's character was essential. My guess is that she's going to do something that or she's going he's going to wash up on that beach because that's the original explanation. And that by the end of the first episode, you're going to realize she's there chasing him. They Whatever was going on, they were doing it together or she was following him or something. I have yeah. a funny feeling that I have a funny feeling that he's going to be in the first episode alone. But by the second episode, they'll be together. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Although hasn't this been filming for a while? Like, do we feel like because it's been filming for a bit, is this like a, you know, a bookend type thing where they shoot some stuff for episode one and then they shoot some stuff for episode six? It could be. But the way this was worded in the article and everything is it sounds like she's going to be part of the show. My guess is that maybe they were planning on surprising people with it. And then maybe too many people saw her on set. And they, they knew it was only a matter of time before things got leaked. And so they went, all right, we're just going to say, tell people she's in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, um, we'll obviously get more news on uh, more Walking Dead uh, premieres at the San Diego Comic-Con. I assume they have a panel, although I know a lot of panels have sort of been canceled slash um, not scheduled just due to the writer's strike and the looming uh, yep, actor's writer's strike, strike is well. hurting a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, um, it was funny, one of my shows uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, I was like, oh man, I thought we were midway through the season, we haven't had anything, and then I'm like, oh wait, of course, Writer's that trade. show is like all writers, so uh, makes sense. Um, but, uh, you know, here's another thing here, this is, uh, we're going to leave the Walking Dead territory for a bit for our next two stories. Uh, first up, this was announced... Um, Earlier in the uh, last month, I think, as part of like uh, Summer Games Fest, but uh, Dying Light 2 will be teaming up with, I guess it is Walking Dead related. Apologies, I should have read a little further. Um, Dying Light 2 is teaming up with The Walking Dead for a thrilling crossover event. And uh, the thrilling here is in quotations because really we don't know anything about this other than it's happening. Um, Yeah. So, I mean... It's kind of a non-news story other than, you know, expect it soon, TM, like whenever it happens. But I'm curious to see what they do. I mean, when Walking Dead crosses over with other stuff, I at least always find it interesting just to know that it's happening. That's great. But, you know, I want to know more. But again, that's what they do. They like the tease. Yeah. Well, it's marketing, right? 
I mean, yep. I, I never played Dying Light uh, 2, although uh, I thought to myself, like, oh, you know what? Dying Light 2 came out this year. I really should, like, add it to my sales list. And then I realized, no, it was last February 2022. Um, so this game's been out a while, and we know we know Dying Light, uh, well, we know from Dying Light that Techland, the developers, they like to have a long tail for content. So I think a crossover makes perfect sense. Um, if you had to guess, Lou, like as to what it could be, do you think it's more like zombie encounter type stuff or do you think it's actual characters coming over? Um, I think it's just going to be as like like mini aesthetic quests that are based around The Walking Dead. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything fancy. Yeah, I mean, although they're kind of teasing it as this like big crossover, I wonder... If it could be something really cool. It could be something cool. I think it's going to end up being like character skins or something. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, we'll see. I'm just kind of quickly checking their uh, Twitter, but it doesn't seem like they've they've sort of added anything. Um, but the game is on sale for a little bit longer as part of the Steam summer sale. I think it's 50% off. Um, yep. And it might be part of, uh, you know, some other sales as well. There's There's a lot of stuff going on right now, but... Uh, yeah, look forward to a Walking Dead event very soon, possibly this summer. Um, now this story, I kind of, uh, was conflicted on including it because it is technically a leak, uh, but it could also be attributed to like, uh, people saying stuff about The Last of Us Part 3, but I figured, um, since we don't know what Naughty Dog's next game is, The Last of Us is getting a lot of attention from HBO, um, it's a fair chance that Sony is going to be like, yeah, please make The Last of Us Part 3 because that allows us to have an additional season of The Last of Us for HBO. It just, it leads to so many um, opportunities for marketing synergy. Uh, but this leak kind of reveals just, um, really it's just like main characters, like uh, may, sorry, may reveal main characters and possible story details but it's very light like it's nothing it's very light yeah can, can i can i share with people what the big deal is oh of course go ahead yep ellie is going to be in the game and she's likely going to be as big a role as she was in last of us part two <laughs> that's the big reveal yeah although that's the big leak yeah i mean and here's the thing like uh here's the thing about a, a leak like this leak in particular is not i don't think it's anything nefarious it's not someone that's like hacked into the computers and found a, a a game doc like these games are made by a lot of people i obviously don't know this for a fact but i'm assuming what's happening here is that someone on the development team has said something to somebody and that is where this has come from because a yeah. lot of folks make those games a lot um but here's here's the thing like they don't talk about um they don't talk about other last of us two characters like abby uh that's not mentioned, but Abby did get a lot of screen time in, in Last of Us Part Two. Uh, they talk about some other characters, but they're they're characters that uh, we don't know anything about. These are brand new characters, but they're Lucas, Mason, Ezra, Val, and Gracis. Um, there's talk of a Victorian house, which would be sort of a, a main setting for the survivors, and supposedly Val is the leader of the group, which puts her in conflict with Ezra, who wants to take over. And like that, if I just say that stuff, it sounds like, okay, th that means nothing. 
it really it means nothing yeah so i just it's interesting because obviously naughty dog hasn't announced this yet but i mean last of us part three is pretty much a i think it's i think it's maybe not a guarantee but it's it's very likely i think it's very likely and i think it's likely it will be the last one yeah I mean, these games are very hard to make, you know, I could see them I don't saying think I don't see them making a fourth one. No, even when part two came out, I had a sneaking suspicion we'd get a part three. I don't think we can get more. I don't think they can get any more out of this. I think if they tried to squeeze a fourth part out of it, it's like trying to squeeze water out of a rock. It's not going to happen now. I mean, this you know what the question I'm going to ask. Have you played the last of us part two yet no of course i haven't okay now is there now here's my second question what 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 is what is holding you back like what what is uh what has caused you to be like no this thing has not been handed to me i'm not playing it like because it's, it's been it's, on sale it's it's been cut pretty deep oh, right dude it, it's on it's on playstation 4 i don't even have my playstation 4 hooked up it's in a box in the basement ah. so so for me to even want to play it, I got to hook it up to a TV. I've got to find a copy of the game and I've got to make time for it. And honestly, uh, it, with everything else I've had going on, that's kind of like last priority. for me. <laughs> no, I agree. And I mean, it's it's a it's a heavy game, too, right? Like, I don't think well, that's it's something... the other part, too, is as I liked watching the show because it was an episode and then I was over when I get engrossed in like the first one. It was heavy all the way through, and every time I turn around, I'm like, ugh, okay. And I gotta be in the mood for that, and in all honesty, I'm really in the mood for more lighthearted stuff. I mean, Walking Dead's about as hard as, 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 as heavy as it gets for me lately. Right. Now, we, I mean, Dying Light 2, I, I think, is is somewhat, um, I mean, Dead Island 2 is definitely lighthearted. Like, is that, is that a, I know that's... That's something we've talked about in the past, and I know you don't have hardware that can kind of like handle. That's that's my issue right now is I don't have hardware that can play it. So, although I think Dead Island Two is on PlayStation Four, like I think they did develop a PS Four version. I don't know how well it runs. Um, that was another game that kind of came and went. Maybe that's my confusion as I was thinking Dead Island Two uh, for twenty twenty three, which it did come out in twenty twenty three. But, um. Anyways, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll be able to get Last of Us Part Two in um, through HBO. <laughs> yeah, know? well, that's my plan. It's with the show is so good, I don't really feel the obligation to play the game. They've already said a second season's coming, so I mean, I'll get enough of the story out of that when I sit down and watch season two. Yeah, and in, in all honesty, I I don't know if I said it when we talked about Last of Us. I liked the show better than I liked the game. Yeah, I um. I like the game, don't get me wrong, but I think the show is, is it's very rare that a show like kind of eclipses uh, its subject material. And I think it comes very close. Like it's it's very good in its own regard and, and very well adapted. Um, and I've had this conversation with my co-host on the Gamers Inn, uh, Jocelyn, who was like, now that I've watched the show, do I do I go play the game? I kind of want to go play the game. And I said, like, outside of a couple of like slight changes made from from the game to the show in terms of how the world works you could probably just jump to, to part two you know like unless you really want to play the remake i mean that's the major reason to encourage folks to, to possibly skip over part one is if that remake doesn't exist and you have to play with the old gameplay style which is like not great uh in comparison i mean 
it's pretty much the same story. I mean, you're missing a couple beats. They kind of like mix some things together in the show, but like really. It's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. It basically ends the same way. And that's really all you need to know. That is, you are a hundred percent correct. Most definitely. Um, well, you know what it, like I said, it's a leak, but, uh, for last of us part three, but it's like, it's character names. Uh, nothing as crazy as what happened like a month before last of us part two released, which that was a leak, uh, pretty major one. If you remember back way back in 2020 when that happened. Um, but you know what? Let's, uh, let's head into our main topic, which is fear the walking dead. I don't think you need me to get it done, Madison. Morgan. No, everything that's happened with Grace, with Moe, it's got me thinking about the people I ran away from when I first came to Texas. And their people that mean as much to me as you all do. I gotta find them. I gotta see if they're still there. Write my mistake and make sure they're all okay. Now, the, the season, at least the first part of the season, was uh, the major focus was on Morgan and Morgan's life that he was living uh, alongside Padre. Uh, We talked a little bit about season eight, the start of it um, way back in, I feel like it was May, maybe it was definitely a few episodes ago. And essentially like what season eight part one boils down to is there's a time jump. Uh, Morgan Madison and the others are brought to the Island uh, that, that, that sorry, Morgan, Madison, and the others they brought to the island are living under Padre's cynical rule. With our characters demoralized and dejected, the task of reuniting belief in a better world rests with the person Morgan and Madison set out to find in the first place, which is Morgan's daughter, Mo. And like this whole first part of this section of season eight, like deals with our characters, at revealing where our characters are at after this time jump and how they fit into the Padre puzzle. And then the second half of this season eight, uh, part one, deals with those characters kind of like dismantling Padre and, and figuring out what's next for everybody. This, I mean, it's kind of funny. This is a truncated season. It's 12 episodes instead of the normal 18. Uh, and you really feel that, I think, near the end of this part one, because like a lot of characters are being sunset. You know, uh, we're really having a refocus in on the core fear cast. Some are dead. Some are going off. Mm. I mean, when it returns, I question whether or not Morgan's even going to be a character in the second half. Oh, no, Morgan's uh, Morgan. Like it the way I I looked into this a little bit, because here's the thing, like um, it was unclear as to what the story focus was going to be on fear. But like it is. In interviews with the showrunners, it's like, no, Morgan's like leaving the show. This is this was his last day shooting. Uh, and he is, he, as he said, his mission, he is going to go find Rick. Um, Yay, Morgan's another character getting added to the Rick show. Yeah, there was no announcement of that kind. But I mean, like, I think it's very clear from this entire season eight, part one, that you know alexandria is on morgan's mind and you know what's what's kept him in texas 
my my biggest fear is they're gonna go. Oh yeah, know how we told you the Walking Dead is dead? No, we're bringing it back. Oh, uh, the Walking Dead season twelve. Yeah, that's kind of my fear. I yeah, I get it. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, I I think that that ship has sailed. I think what they will do is they will have this Rick miniseries, and it'll kind of act as like the Avengers type thing. I think what's going on is I think they're really afraid that, I mean, the numbers for watching fear, it used to get like, you know, 2 million watches. And if you look at the numbers of like how many people are watching it, not that that stuff is necessarily accurate, but it's down into like half a million watchers. You know what I mean? That's, that's low numbers like for TV, especially for something with this kind of budget. Yeah. Um, my guess is I think what they're trying to do is I think they've already invested a lot of money into this Rick thing and they have to they have to they have to stick the landing. And it feels to me like they're trying to bring in as many cast members from the other shows so they can at least be like, see, see, it's a show. It, it, it's a real thing. Watch it, please. Don't make us having spent all this money on all this stuff for nothing, please. Like that's kind of, kind of the way I feel like what they're doing. Um, I also have a sneaking suspicion that after dead city and after this Daryl Dixon show and whatever they're going to do with the Rick show, we're either going to get a new walking dead show or they're going to end walking dead altogether. I think one of what the, something they're either we're either going to get a new show with a bunch of the same cast back or it's going to go away um i'm kind of thinking it might go away though yeah i don't know i mean i think amc has so many other things on their plate right now that they're juggling and they're trying to do i feel like if they spend more money on this on walking dead it's getting diminishing returns um they still have to keep paying Frank Darabont. <laughs> and they have to keep paying, um, what's his name that created The Walking Dead? Robert Kirkman. Yeah. I mean, Robert Kirkman was in a lawsuit with them, like, what, last year? Wasn't long ago. I, 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 my thought is is that they, that they were making money on this, and it's showing diminishing returns, and that they're either going to sunset the whole show altogether, or we're going to get, like, a reboot kind of thing. Oh, I hope we don't. I hope we're not in here. Here's yeah, reboot territory. Just... Oh, well, well, I don't mean I don't mean reboot as in like start it all over again. Oh, okay. But I think we might like like we're bringing back all of the cast members and we're gonna call it the Walking Dead reunited or something stupid. Yeah, I think that you know here's the thing. AMC has has struggled to create a Walking Dead property that is disconnected from the walking dead you know like telling a unique story with new characters and no connections like no crossovers no cameos just the walking dead on its own feet like even world beyond which is probably the most disconnected one still had very clear connections that fed back into the walking dead prime and fed back into fear like it is all connected it has some sort of thing it's leaning on um 
but we have yet to get a property that is that is truly disconnected. I mean, fear was that at the very beginning before Morgan came over and Dwight, but like fear has kind of been this vehicle for what can we, what can we, who can we pull over from the main series that we want to keep around? Because we enjoy working with them and we want, we want to give them more opportunities. But like the ending of this part one of season eight very clearly is saying goodbye to Morgan uh, Dwight, Sherry, like those stories are wrapped up and the way that they sort of wrap up is like, uh, we're leaving, you know, we're done. And I mean, the, the Sherry Dwight stuff kind of didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, the Morgan stuff made more sense, you know, um, but the Dwight Sherry stuff was weird. I like the way the Morgan stuff ends. I, I got to go back to see, see where my friends are. Yeah. That, like I've been waiting for him to do that for two seasons. Me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been long overdue. It's been long overdue. Um, I thought that that's where they would go with it with him after uh, after uh, Dory died. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean... I thought after John died, I thought he would take Grace and go off into the sunset. And I gotta go find my friend Rick. And they didn't do that. And that's fine. I've always been a defender of this show. I've always really liked this show. But I gotta say that so far, this season is kind of its weakest moment for me. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I liked the time jump. Um, I feel like a bunch of our characters made choices that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and a lot of the decisions about this show feels to me like invi- invisible video game walls. Like, I get it. They're trapped between the nuclear apocalypse and everything else that's been going on. There's a swamp full of zombies, but to me, it's just not that hard to leave. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want your kids to get taken by Padre, then find another way out. Like, it doesn't, like, it it just feels to me like they needed an excuse to make people stuck there. And so they created an, an artificial way to get stuck there. And then I was looking forward to Padre as a plot point. Because I thought we'd be, re- I thought there would be some kind of reveal, like this is a government program, or generals gone mad, or I thought we'd see some kind of conclusion. And really, what it came down to is, sure, there was a general, or a, I forget what the guy's title was, but he's a military guy, and he died, and this is his kid started Padre, and the idea is we don't need parents, let's just take the kids. And to me, it just it just feels weak. Um, like there was lots of action. I'm glad that I got to see Madison again and everything like that. I'm really glad that you know it the 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 way it sounds like it the way it looks like it's going to go forward is Madison is going to kind of be like our lead for the next half a season and be over and it, that that's great. But it just I don't know everything about this felt like they didn't know what they were doing or how to end it and they're kind of all over the place Hmm. um you know it's funny like i kind of agree with you on padre is a bit of a letdown but honestly it didn't surprise me that it was these two kids you know because they really um they really led with shrike as being the the main leader of of padre and uh when it was revealed to be her brother behind the glass with the funny speaker it was like okay that is in line with what we've experienced in the past. As soon as that episode began 
where they started to explain some of that and they showed her brother and the dad. I mean, I was five minutes into that episode and I said, oh, the brother's behind the screen. They're mad their dad's dead. That's where this is going. And I was like, I hope that's not where they're going because this is kind of dumb. And then literally that's where they go. And I went, wow, I figured the whole plot point for this whole season in five minutes. That's a record for yeah, I just um, it's in line with how the Walking Dead universe kind of sets up bad guys. You know, yep. they, they take a specific moment in these folks lives that turns them into the evil caricatures, right? But the, not only that, but the other thing that was annoying to me was is that Shrike keeps doing these things that are clearly not going to make people side with her. They're going to make like uh, 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 De- uh, not, not Daryl, uh, Dwight. Uh, Dwight and Sherry's son is revealed that they're going to save. They just saved him. They just gave him and it fixed. It took out his appendix. The boy's going to live. And what does she do? We're going to bite. And we're going to, I'm going to make a zombie bite this kid and you're going to watch. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me. It, it didn't make sense to me. It, it, you know, there's like, like it, it just felt, we need to move this plot along really fast and we need to wrap up their plot line. How are we going to do that? Let's kill their kid off. Like, that's how I, that's how it felt to me. And also the, the, one of the things I've always liked about the walking dead is they can never find a cure. And like half of this plot felt like, yeah, June, who is a nurse and, and, and not, she's not a doctor. She's like a nurse. And has now taught herself to do all kinds of doctor-related things over the years, which is great. But now they've got her trying to make a cure that the CDC couldn't come up with a cure for. Like, it just, that would be something if there was 50 people in a lab doing. The fact that Trike's being like, oh, yeah, they, like, everything just felt like we've tried to, everything felt like to me like grasping at straws. I didn't not enjoy my time with it. But my skepticism as I watched kept getting larger and larger. Yeah, the whole um, cure plot line, it wasn't really... Uh, well, they were working on trying to find a cure, but it sounds like all they were able to do was find a way to to keep the infection that killed you at bay. Like, everyone's infected, right? Everyone, when, when they die, yeah. they turn. So, like, using that logic, what... You just have to stop yourself from dying. Um, and if it's the bites infection that is causing you to die and they can kind of hold it off with radiation treatment. I think like the logic, well, I don't know if the logic makes sense, but like, it's an interesting sort of idea to approach of like, okay, if it's the fever that's killing you, like how do we combat a fever? I I don't, I don't know. um, I don't know the science behind whether radiation can stop a fever, um, but radiation can certainly help you know, kill bad cells. Like that's how we do cancer treatment. Um, they didn't really explain it a whole lot. They just like, they, they, the, the furthest they got into it was like, it was very hand wavy. This yeah, is what we're doing. Exactly. Don't pay too close attention. And I was kind of like, if you're going to not, if you're going to be that hand wavy, then why do it at all? Yeah. But I mean, it's a large part of the season, right? So like they, they should have tried to, uh explain it a little bit more as opposed to hand wave because i agree with you it felt very hand wavy of like well we need 
we need a and and yeah the whole thing of like uh shrike having that zombie head bite uh finch uh dwight and sherry's son especially when we understand it as like for the last seven years they have not had like a traditional you know father mother son relationship because they've been apart and they've been lying and basically saying like well we're father mother from afar he you know finch doesn't actually know that he only really learns it for like a week before you or a month before he passes away and it's like it's just you feel so bad for these characters that like they go through all of that only to have this evil person like i can't even think of any of the other bad guys that have come before this that would that would like do that to a child like purposely infect a child in that manner just makes no sense we've met a lot of villains and even the worst of the villains that we've met wouldn't do that you know what i mean yeah and it goes completely against what she says she stands for is like protecting kids from losing their parents and then you go and do the it doesn't mean it's okay to do the opposite thing of taking kids away from from parents i mean she did it to sort of like trap everyone like trap june and having to keep finch alive so that dwight and sherry would continue it's just one of those things of like actions that bad guys take to keep people under their control it's bananas it's one of those actions that you see them do and you're like yep this is going to be their downfall and sure enough this is their downfall and it's like like this person is not thinking ahead and this is again I've said this before on some time uh, when we've talked about regular Walking Dead. Sometimes it just feels like lazy writing. Yeah. And they and they and speaking of hand waving, they kind of like they dispatch of Padre pretty, pretty quick. Like Shrike sees her father, her zombie zombie father, and she just is there stunned in silence. And then she gets bit three or four times. And that's the end of it. Like she's infected and uh, her brother june actually has her which uh you know she she june has her and then the brother shows up and the brother just is is able to i mean we don't see what happens to the brother but we assume that that he um he ends strikes suffering and and goes on with his life but like padre kind of like fades you know it doesn't end in this bloody battle it just kind of like ends and it kind of shows that like the the hold they had over everybody was very was very weak, even though you had these kids who don't know their parents like for seven years, like they just it was a very it was not a very good setup by like not in terms of writing, but it wasn't a good setup by Padre to kind of like they weren't very good at they didn't know how to hold their power, I guess. But not only that, but we had the seven year time jump. But Madison's already been doing this for like five years. True. So you'd think that some of those kids would now be old enough to go out and help more than they were. Well, they were you like, I, mean? I feel like those kids must have been in, you know, teenagers. So like some of those kids out there were were lined up with that. Age I don't know. Group. I don't know. I don't know. Some of the math to me on ages seemed yeah. a little hand wavy fudgy. And I was like, oh, OK. And it's very hard to tell. Like, I mean, you look at. I always say, like, I kind of can gauge how old a kid is based on, like, the age of my kids. Like, I understand seven, five, and three. But, like, yep. you know, I see, um, I mean, I see photos of your daughter on Facebook, you know, that you and, and your wife share. And I'm like, 
to I, I can kind of guesstimate how old she is and i've had kids that age but like for me is like if i'm not in the moment it's very hard to t- it's very hard to tell yeah you know yeah but like it, it's um it's the same thing right up like a lot of those kids i'm sure in the show with padre are you know meant to be like teenagers and such but i mean i'm glad that padre kind of fades in the background and and you know there's there obviously wasn't um any sort of big battle because like i said it's all kids so to have shrike be the only one that dies kind of like makes padre fall apart and and i mean morgan and madison and and uh daniel and and the resistance they all make a very good like case for it it's like hey like we're not looking for a fight we want to just live peacefully and have folks stop stealing kids you know like they're not asking for the world they're just asking for their kids to stop being taken and we can all live peacefully on this island that padre has set up right I, i don't think that's a lot to ask for you know so it makes sense that they are able to wrap it up very quickly um but uh well, here's the thing. Like, there's a lot, obviously a lot going on in this season, and I did, um, I did pull some clips. So, like, we'll start with the fun one here, which is uh, the gag that uh, Morgan um, got in the fight with a zombie that had been chomping down on a skunk. You don't really want to take me back, do you? This is not for debate, Morgan. What the hell is that? It's just a skunk. I... Look, please, come on. He's going on the back of your horse. <laughs> I thought that was. That was funny. So, you know, Morgan goes back to, and this is the other thing, like my brain doesn't understand uh, American geography very well. And we've talked about this on the show, but like they're in Texas with, with Padre Mm -hmm. and he goes back to King County, which is in Georgia. Uh, Like there is Game of Thrones final season style fast travel going on here. You know, off screen, he's up there and then on screen, multiple characters from Texas show up. It kind of made it seem like they're just down the street from each other, which I don't think is the case. No, Um, to get from Texas to Georgia, I'm going to botch this because I don't have a map in front of me. But you've got to march through, I believe, four other states to get there. And they are not small states. Okay, they are long states. Yeah, so the show kind of did some hand... There's a lot of hand-waving to kind of, you know, get our characters through the narrative that they needed to get them through. Um, But this was one of the ones that I I felt because there's like a chunk of characters that just keep showing up in Georgia, in King County, uh, talking and, and interacting with Morgan. But like, that's where the season kind of like really starts to plant these seeds that this is Morgan's sort of final story on fear. Like there's a lot of talk of Rick. Uh, there's an epic moment where um, uh, Grace uh, says to Rick or says to, to Morgan to use the gun that Rick uh, gave him. And there's this, there's this great epic line here. Rick, he gave you this gun for a reason. Use it. Kind of cheesy when you play it back like that. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of that. A lot of little um, cheesy references to Morgan and Rick's uh, friendship and how they keep finding each other. Uh, but I did appreciate those nods because really previous to season eight, 
there was nothing. Like Morgan as a character had completely disconnected himself from Alexandria. And it never really it never really sat well with me. Like it didn't make a lot of sense. I know Morgan has he now has a family, but he's been gone from Walking Dead Prime for probably almost a decade now in 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 real world uh yeah or in universe time. He's he doesn't even know that the Commonwealth happened. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Yeah, he's missing a lot. I mean, the whispers, uh, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that they they start to have it peek in during the season and it makes the ending uh, make a lot more sense. But there's actually like a lot of uh, reunions here uh, because Madison returned and there was one character that ha- didn't even know Madison was back. Um, and that's an original character from early seasons that's uh daniel and i i loved i loved this interaction when madison and daniel uh are face to face for the first time daniel madison june you're you know these people you went back their weapons it looks like we all have nine lives <laughs> we're gonna need them <laughs> and again there's a lot of like uh a lot of cheese a lot of cheese whiz being spread on this toast but i i love that line i love daniel i mean he is probably my favorite character on this show and uh he's been kind of underused in previous seasons um and he doesn't get a lot of screen time in this season but i think there's like this specific scene in this reunion with Madison, like there are a lot of characters that are sort of like referenced off screen that, that either die off screen, like Charlie uh, supposedly died off screen. Um, and Victor strand, he hasn't been found. He's missing off screen. Uh, although he did pop up in the credits a couple times, not just as a director or executive producer, but like I thought he was going to pop up, but he was not in the episode. Um, yeah. Maybe hopefully he's back in the second part. Maybe. I, I would love to. Uh, I just want to see these reunions with Madison. I mean, you bring back a character and you kind of have this feeling of like, OK, if you don't organically have her interact with all the characters she left behind, it feels like a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, obviously there are characters that have, you know, died in her absence that she's not going to be able to interact with, but, uh, you know, you can find a way. I mean, maybe part two of this season will have similar to how, when Rick sort of left the show, there was a lot of these like flashbacks slash, uh, daydream moments where he was kind of fading in and out because he, he was injured. I'm not asking for like a complete redo of that with Madison, you know, that would be a bit much, but, um, I hope Madison just kind of, you know, is able to to survive uh, the final season and just live, you know, like, I don't think we need our major lead characters to die in the final episode. I think that's that's not necessary. Um, and I feel like they left her in a good spot at the end of this part one. You know, she seems very happy, although she has, you know, we get hints that there is an antagonist coming for the part two of this season. And, and we'll chat a bit about that uh before we wrap up but um yeah i want i want more reunions there wasn't enough of them like but that was the best one my hope is that we with the next half we get a nice little wrap up and then we don't have to worry about these characters anymore 
Yeah. We don't have to worry about them showing up in something. We don't have to worry about them. You know, I think that that's the, I think that's the best we can hope for. Yeah, I agree. Um, in, in the later parts of the season, uh, Morgan kind of, we get to see the visual representation of, of what Morgan goes through when he loses himself. He sees red and then he kind of, he kind of, uh, blacks out. And then when he comes to, he's like killed a bunch of walkers or hurt people or whatever. And, um, you know, he has this interaction with Shrike where he's, he's talking about, uh, how, how you can't kill him. And I thought it was like, a, a, finally this really, uh, interesting confession or at least how morgan feels about about his life and uh uh yeah it was really good you're not gonna kill me because you can't what makes you think that because i don't die everybody else does but i don't powerful stuff i mean i morgan is such a great character and i'm so glad that they kind of like took him from the walking dead prime and moved him over to fear because he's he's just had so much more opportunity to be morgan in fear than he was in prime because he was sharing the screen with so many characters um i'm glad he's going back to you know uh you know, whatever he ends up doing next, you know, trying to find Rick. I mean, they're not going to leave that thread hanging. He's going to show up in the Rick and Michonne stuff. But like, I look for, I, I really am glad we're going to get that reunion. Cause I honestly thought we just wouldn't, it would just, it would just wouldn't happen, you know, cause they had too many characters searching for Rick and like how many of those reunions can you fit into a, a mini series? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. The, uh, uh, my hope is, this is going to wrap up. Maybe we get Morgan in the movie and the Rick show and that, you know, we don't ever have to think about fear again. Yeah. I'll never have to think about John Doy dying again. That, yeah. that, that's all I care about. That was tough. Um, all right. Well, you know, I've got one more clip here and uh, this is the message that uh, Morgan leaves for Rick and he's going to leave a lot of them. I feel like it's going to take him a while to find Rick, but here's at least his first message. This message is for Rick Grimes. It's Morgan Jones. Man, I'm going to come and look for you, whether you're at Alexandria or not. I will leave this message every morning at dawn, and I'll leave the walking arm for a few minutes after. Who knows? Maybe you might even be listening. So there you go. Uh, Morgan is uh, putting an open channel out there looking for Rick. And he makes the transition to um, the the many characters looking for Rick. I know it's a TV show now, but I am going to call it forever the Rick movie. <laughs> you know, I I feel like it, it. I I I mean, now we're starting to see why they probably changed it from three movies to a six episode miniseries. Show. You know, like I I feel like you if you do a TV show, you can tell a tighter story in six episodes than you can if you feel like you have to spread it into three movies like i did not want them to also i don't know if you know this but when tv shows go to theaters they don't yeah no they don't they don't do well at all so i'm I'm glad they changed it and they were talking about doing that and i was like no 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 yeah that's not gonna be a hit 
Yeah, not smart. Um, now, Lou, before we go, we after you know everything was said and done, um, you know they bury uh, Grace passed away. She got bit, and they you know Mo tried to save her with the radiation, but she was too far gone. Um, and uh, so Grace died. Uh, Finch died. Dwight and Sherry go their separate ways. Uh, they kind of say like, "Ah, oh, we're bad for each other, so let's not do this anymore." And I thought like, "Ah." Uh, that's weird. I I didn't really understand where they were coming from, but I mean, it makes it makes sense if they're trying to move those characters away from each other. But uh, Dwight is is I, I think he even says Dwight is like I'm going to go back to where I came from and and settle there. So I think Dwight is also heading back to Alexandria. Um, slash the uh, uh, what was this Negan's place? It was it was um. The saviors. They are the saviors, but what was their compound? I don't remember. Called? I don't remember the name of the building. Yeah, neither do I. There's a lot to remember, man. There's so many different, you know, words. I'm trying to remember what it was, but I think it's fallen, anyways, right? Like it's just uh, yeah. Hilltop, Alexandria, Commonwealth, and I think the kingdom fell, and I think Negan's place also fell because uh, they were struggling to to grow crops there. Um. But anyways, they we get a we get a tease for the antagonist for the um the second part of the season. Uh I did a bit of digging on this one to kind of like understand like what we saw. Essentially, you hear on the radio, you hear Madison basically saying like, "Hey, Padre is no longer evil. We're not stealing kids. If you're missing a kid, come to these coordinates. We'll try to reunite you with your family." But there's someone in the background sort of like collecting some stuff clearly has been paying a lot of attention to our heroes from the core fear cast we see uh, alicia's severed arm we see a hammer that madison had used previously uh there's a map sort of like tracing their progress over the course of these eight seasons um so it's definitely someone who knows our core cast from fear even though the remaining cast are really just you know, essentially on screen are really just Daniel and, and Madison. Um, there's talk that this character could be, uh, I should have looked up his name. I want to say Nick, Nick's, Nick's her son, but there's another guy. Uh, there was two brothers in season three. Troy was the crazy one. Was it Roy? Troy. Troy. No, they, yeah, no, no. Yeah, actually that's right. Troy. So now that you say that out loud, that's definitely, um, Definitely it. Uh, maybe his meeker brother was Roy. But uh, yeah, Troy was sort of like obsessed with Madison and her family. And uh, he, that was an interesting season. And there was a lot of characters that they kind of left hanging from that season. Uh, so, so that would be an opportunity to bring some of those characters back. Uh, not even characters that died. But Troy was, as far as we could tell killed on screen by madison with 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 the hammer that was sort of featured at the end of this season um now lou we talked about it this pre-show so it's not going to surprise you but but how do you feel about them possibly bringing back another character that was supposedly dead i don't know i'd have to see it now to, to i don't think it's a good idea i think if they want to introduce us to somebody i think they need to introduce us to somebody that's new but maybe related to something that happened or i don't know there's been so many other villains and so many other characters and troy and them that was back in season what three yeah yeah season three i mean 
like they've been through so many other villains since then. It just seems kind of weak for them to be like, yeah, he's been following Madison for a decade. Right. Yeah. And I mean, here's the other thing too. Like uh, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not Troy. Uh, It's definitely, and maybe it's not even a bad guy. Like, here's the thing. Like the show definitely plays it up as, you know, the, the music in the background is like, oh, ominous. It's probably, it's probably someone bad. But at the end of the day, like it could be someone good tracking them, you know, like we don't know for a fact that they're that they're evil. Like it's just the music kind of trying to trying to tell us something here. Um, It could really it could just be like someone looking for Madison and Troy uh, or Madison and and, and her group. Um, yeah. But obviously Madison's made a lot of enemies being, uh, you know, working with Padre for so long, as you said, she'd been doing it for like basically five or six years before she reunited um, in season eight when she came back. So like there's a lot of potential for a character that's new, but has a strong connection to Madison and and her previous work. But like I would I would kind of be <laughs> I hope they leave the Padre stuff behind, you know, like I. I'm kind of hoping that they can they can kind of like address the Padre stuff and and try to try to make it right as opposed to like you know revisiting it for the final part like this is the end of fear like I think there has to be some sort of as you said Lou finality to the story they're telling here right they have to give us some drama so something has to happen yes um I think we I I, I distinctly think we're going to have uh, uh, we're gonna have, um, what's his name? Strand. I think Strand is definitely gonna be one of our villains in this end. Yeah, you think they bring? I, I, I think they bring Strand back, but you think they roll him out for you know to be villain again? Because he, he kind of like. I think they're going to make Madison kill him. I was kind of hoping he'd be done playing the villain because he's done it like three or four times now. Uh, although I guess not with Madison, right? He was, he was kind of like not. Oh the bad guy with Madison. Mm. Although Daniel will probably remind her, you know, Hey, when you left, he kind of, he kind of became the bad guy for a few seasons. So watch out. Um, I mean, we won't, we probably won't have to wait long. I mean, traditionally fear sort of either comes back like September, October, sometimes as early as August. Uh, this actually finished it. It wrapped up, I think in June. So, um, yeah, when was the last episode? It was June 18th. So, you know, it's already been a month. I imagine we get our uh, mid-season premiere date uh, at Comic-Con uh, in a couple weeks. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we will definitely have that news here when, uh, when we have it. So, Lou, that is Fear the Walking Dead Season 8 Part 1. But coming up on ZAMP, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned, including more Walking Dead. Dead City is next on our Walking Dead list, so we'll cover the entire series on our next episode, plus uh, whatever news uh, comes out of San Diego Comic-Con, so look forward to those discussions uh, very soon. We're actually going to tweak the schedule a little bit. Usually we try to release an episode every two weeks, but just due to our busy schedules over the summer... We're trying to get back on track. Yeah, we got to bump it, and uh, it'll be first week of August, so look forward to that. However, we will have two episodes in August, and the second episode will be a movie, a zombie movie, and a fairly new one 
we're going to be watching Evil Dead Rise. So uh, look forward to that. An August full of Zombies Ate My Podcast fun. Lou, uh, folks, they can join us in our Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. I also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast. Speaking of websites, you can go to visit uh, you can go visit zombiesatemypodcast.com for show notes and all our previous episodes. Send us an email and we may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. If Twitter is still operational while you're listening to this, you can follow us there. You can find me and our Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and don't forget to follow the show at Zombies Podcast. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. Find more of his great work at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, we close out the show with some fine Busy Zombie Lord knowledge from the Busy Zombie Lord himself. Take it away, Lou. When somebody tells you you're, they're seeing red, after seeing Morgan see red, I'm going to make them angry. <laughs> <laughs>